whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. So this isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hi everyone and welcome to That UFO Update, the first show recorded and released in 2021. I've got with me my regular co-host Dan. Dan, Happy New Year. Welcome back to the pod. Happy New Year to you too. 2021, we're in the future now. Aren't we meant to have Jetsons like flying cars by now? Well, yeah, I mean, not to go into politics that we've been discussing before we started recording, I think we're a long, long, long way from flying cars and hoverboards by the looks of it. But uh, (laughs) hopefully with uh, this show and some other shows coming up, people have a little bit of education and entertainment coming their way in in various different formats as well. Um, And do you know what? I never even mentioned this uh, before we hit record, but you've just had an appearance on, was it the Mind Escape podcast? Uh, yeah, that's right. Mind Escape podcast. Uh, How did Mike that go? Marie's. That was very, very fun. Um, really broad interview. Uh, we we did everything from uh, remote viewing. Uh, we talked psychedelics, DMT, uh, the UFOs, kind of touched some of the paranormal stuff. Very, very broad, but very fun. Nice. It's, it's good to see Dan getting his face out there as well. Um, as he messaged me just after he'd finished the recording that you didn't realize it was going to be on video. That's right, yeah. And until I signed in, uh, I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh yeah, they have video guests on here." Of course, I should have. Uh, you know, I watched the show. I should have known. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say that's the thing with this podcast. We do video, but just release the audio. Maybe one day, and if I've got all those video archives, um, I would have to totally change my background. Though Dan is looking at my background right now, and it's not got the virtual stuff on, and it's the kind of half finished, half decorated. Let's call it studio and be nice. Uh, cool loop poster though it is a cool loop poster you do those on your red bubble store dan don't you (laughs) i do yeah plug yeah plug the link's always in the update the the description as well folks but listen um we want to talk a little bit about some ufo news that's happened in the last seven days but before that just some updates for the show itself and some things coming up i did announce a few things on twitter uh, yesterday as we record this it's the 7th of january but um some more important events took place in the united states on the 6th of january that sort of overshadowed things so i didn't find it the right time or platform to be kind of publicizing upcoming interviews and whatnot so i've kind of held off a day however uh upcoming shows folks the room 101 listener submissions special will be myself and dan and we'll be discussing those pretty soon and getting that out uh, on the on the feeds within the next week seven to ten days hopefully uh the compilation show of the quick fire rounds from the first 10 shows will be available in the next 24 to 48 hours so thanks for everyone's patience on those i am still in the process of going back to the original shows and updating that old x files intro and outro to the newer andreas freeman style intro and the very popular sean k hill mini hyperspace outro as well goblin problems is what it's called folks if you're looking for it on youtube um but yeah so i'm just going through doing that just now another reason that i'm updating those shows is not only am i cleaning up the audio quality of the early recordings where i did use skype um uh, a new uh, a station based in spain uh, here in europe 
here in Europe. Oh, that's a weird thing to say here in Europe. We're not in Europe anymore, are we? No, no. We're, we're no, part of continental not. Europe, but not the European Union. Is that how it works? That's so, uh, so uh, point. Uh, we, yeah. we wanted our sovereignty, didn't we? So like, we've got to say, <laughs> we're uh, not Europe. Yeah, now. I don't even know how it works. But um, basically, uh, there's a station, Hot FM, that's an English language station based out in Spain. And they have asked to start streaming the podcast as well. So again, because of all of you folks listening, talking about it, liking it, retweeting it, talking about it on Facebook, Instagram, and different platforms, uh, it's been picked up by this station as well, just to get out to a bit uh, of a larger audience too. So thank you to everyone listening. And if you're listening to this in the future, on hot fm hi and thanks for listening as well so that's pretty exciting for me uh, round table number three will be hotly anticipated and that is going to be sean cahill jeremy mcgowan and some guy called dan uh yeah so dan will be joining jeremy and sean for round table number three things have changed in the last few weeks now so i'll hold off at the minute in releasing what the topics are going to be for it but i promise you you will look forward to hearing that and very much enjoy that round table um Dan, you'll be looking forward to sitting on that one, won't you? Very, very much so. Sean and Jeremy are very cool guys as well that we're always kind of going back and forward with via different uh, social media platforms and whatnot. So that'll be a really good show, folks. And the roundtables are proving uh, um, proving to be increasingly popular. Then I've got two guests that will round off January. And I did say last year, folks, one of them I had been working on for quite a while. Um, firstly, Avi Loeb, who is the Harvard professor, who recently has got a new book coming out at the end of January, will be on the podcast. He's done some of the media around recently. And most uh, this week, he's on Ryan Sprague, Somewhere in the Skies. So make sure you check that out. But then he will be speaking with myself in a couple of weeks' time about his new book and why. Do you know what, Dan? Am I going to pronounce this properly? Is it Oumuamua? Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you've said uh, that. I, I've, I've heard Oumuamua. I've heard Oumuamua. Um, I don't know. Is it a bit like um, Huawei and Huawei and Huawei and when people say Huawei? Yeah, yeah. I so, think so. It, it's us English people trying to read it as it's written as opposed to how they say it. Yeah, so um, that that interstellar visitor that passed through our solar system uh, a couple of years back, basically this professor from Harvard, Avi Loeb, um, very clever guy, and he's becoming increasingly popular within the UFO community as well, given some of his very recent interviews, uh, is claiming, you know, maybe I'll have been an extraterrestrial visitor, and here's why he thinks so, and that more be, may be on the way as well. So that'll be a very interesting conversation. You can start getting your questions over to me. And I, I don't think it's unfair to say that the one I'm most excited about, if I'm allowed to indulge myself for a moment, um, Lou Elizondo will be on the podcast. Very excited about that one. Um, I'll be speaking with Lou just a day or so after I've spoken with Avi, and that'll probably be the show that rounds out January. I'm very excited to speak to Lou. It's no secret I've been a massive Lou Elizondo fanboy during his time at TTSA and beyond. I don't think it's unfair to say it looks like Lou's time with TTSA has, has come to an end from his recent interviews and statements. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we get a little bit more clarity on that situation, and I can speak to Lou about it as well. But Dan, uh, you're, you're a big fan of Lou. Obviously, I've got the poster in the background here with the truth at the bottom of it. Um, but yeah, so Lou Elizondo on the podcast. That's something that got to thank even yourself, how, mu how much you've helped me with the podcast and all the listeners out there as well. So thank you. And I, I should probably say, I was going to say when you brought up the, the Spain radio thing, but congratulations to you. Uh, and I think I speak for everyone when I say that because you work really hard on this. And I, I know you don't stop um, working. It's like a 
24 hour job for you aside from when you're asleep so just congratulations and keep up the hard work it's awesome thanks well uh, as sort of 24 hours in the sense that my little girl had woke up during the night a couple of days ago and i had a whatsapp from a, a mutual friend of ours discussing potentially getting low on the show and sorting out some dates and i was sitting while my little girl was awake arranging dates for the podcast so it does take up almost all of my time in between and around day job daddy job and all, all that but yeah I, I enjoy doing it and that's why we're sitting here recording this at this kind of late hour in the evening as well so so yeah Avi Loeb and Louis Elizondo to round out the year folks I'm going to be looking at a different way for people to submit questions because right now for any show the questions getting sent in, the volumes going up and up and up, which is amazing. And I appreciate every single one of them, but I'm getting them via Facebook, Facebook Messenger, Twitter, Twitter DMs on Twitter threads, on Instagram, via email and any other way people can send me them. And it's really hard to keep track of all the questions and I, I hate missing them out. So I'm going to try and think, and I'll probably get Dan to help me with this, of a different way of getting submissions. It's just be brutal just say to people look you know it has to go to this email if it doesn't go to this email i just i'm not going to ask it because it's just too too much to check and it is it's a lot to check that that is an option uh, and just to segue into my last point if anyone wanted to join up and support the show via patreon at patreon.com <laughs> forward slash that ufo podcast i was doing an offer this january if you sign up and pledge five dollars or more uh, you will get a free t-shirt at the end of the month and that includes if you're already a patreon and you're on the five dollar level and you haven't already got a t-shirt drop me a message or if you're a patreon donating less than the five dollars then if you up your pledge to five dollars even just for this month i'll send you out a t-shirt it's really hard times for everyone. So many people are still out of work, furloughed, and I totally appreciate that. I would never expect anyone to to give money to the show that they could not afford. So please never do that. If it was something you could support myself in the podcast, greatly appreciated, and I'll send you out a t-shirt as well. So again, the postage, I'll I'll pay that. So technically, I won't even really make any money off it. So, so yeah. But thank you very much for anyone who has signed up to Patreon or is looking to do that in the future as well. And please remember, check out Dan's Red Bubble store as well. And I'll make sure I put the link for that in the description. And it is on a lot of the past shows Dan's appeared on too. On to the news, Dan. Um, Just before we go on, um, I've checked for you. Umuamua, you were correct. Umuamua. Correct. I think that's my watching Moana and uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's <laughs> Oscar-worthy performance um, has helped me get the the Hawaiian pronunciation out there. We, we do have listeners based out, uh, out that way. Uh, I think it is Hawaiian, isn't it, the name, the naming of it? Oumuamua? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> I, I think I've, I've probably got listeners going, no, you're, you're killing that, but, you know, it's my best effort. So, yeah, so on to the news. Uh, we have had some news in the last week, and this is what got us talking about recording this podcast. Um, the Debrief, our, our friends over at the Debrief.org, that is largely MJ Benias, Micah Hanks, who again was on the podcast very recently, but proved to be very popular. And of course, Tim McMillan, all previous guests on the podcast. Now they've set up the debrief, but it's not just those three. Those three guys might be the, the founding fathers, if you want to call it that, of the debrief. But uh, they have so many different contributors from all around the world now uh, with different topics and different articles from different defense point of views technology science space it's a really really great resource people are finding especially if you've got a podcast so uh they now i'm going to i was going to say hyped and that's going to be one of my points i don't feel they did hype this because we never had days and days and days of there's an article coming there's a new video there's a big story coming tim mcmillan 
less than 24 hours before. Am I right? Put out a, a tweet. Yeah, it was within say, 24 hours for sure. Yeah. Uh, put out a tweet to say who would like a, a new video uh, with science, with trace evidence, uh, and a, a new UFO story, basically, to which it pricks up your ears because these are some serious guys. And um, I have, I, I'm happy to listen to anything these guys have got to say and what they release because of the nature of how they approach and look at the UAP subject. So um, the following day, uh, uh, an article by Christophe Kummer, who is a Swiss-based journalist, um, reported a case. It's an eight-minute long read. You can get through it quicker than that. Um, that takes into account the times, the videos and stuff as well. It's on the, B- the debrief.org. Uh, a Swiss case from 2015, November 2015, where uh, a woman basically woke up early hours of the morning, pre-dawn. She noticed outside that there were some um, some lights. She opened a door, and basically the video shows you slightly in the distance, not too far away, uh, a huge cloud, but within the cloud, there are the clear moving balls of light that may or may not be attached to something. Um, and also, all around her, there are little balls of white light flying about that are hard to pick up with the camera but she mentions that when these hit the camera they made a sound like birds wings flapping um now there was a lot contained within the article it's again for some reason well i I can tell why actually it's caused a bit of controversy some disappointed some have really liked it some are reserving judgment um Dan, what were your first thoughts when you heard about the story and then when you initially saw it breaking as well? It was really exciting to hear it be, uh, I'm going to say the word teased, but not really teased. It was like a preview of what was coming the next day. Um, Just because it was from a different country uh, to what we're used to. Uh, We've been used to talking about the US cases uh, for a long time. Um, You know, some South American ones too, but we don't often hear about... uh, you know, Switzerland and places like that. Um, so it was, it was good to see a, a new country coming forward uh, or into the mix, I should say. Um, but it was dismaying to kind of see through the article that there really isn't much support for people there who experience these things to report them. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the anonymous witness had to go outside the country and try and contact other people. And they eventually got to Jack Ballet um who investigated it but that was a lot of effort you know it, it's moments like that where i appreciate the little community that we've kind of grown you know ufo twitter where we can kind of share these things and drill down yeah and you're right and it was a couple of years wasn't it from the the incident itself to jack valet getting involved and hearing about it and uh, let's yeah. be honest you never heard about this i hadn't heard about this nope. case and the, the first thing i put a tweet saying i thought the video was great and all quite a few people straight away felt underwhelmed or disappointed by it maybe in their minds and i I know i did i straight away thought military that we were getting another military video potentially don't know why there was nothing to to say there was but i think that i'm just waiting on that fourth tts i I agree with you there i just i kind of there was part of me that made an assumption that it would be related to officials you know but, but that's not what we got. What we got was uh, an article, and I'll put my cards on the table now. I, I like this. I like the case. It's a really good, relatively recent UFO case. I don't think it's spectacular, but I think it's the sum of its parts. It's not just a video with lights in the sky. If you're just going to watch the video, you're not getting the full story. You have to read the article. You have to see what's involved. Um, 
uh, something that I don't think has been picked up and it may just be the way I'm reading it and I'm interpreting the article. But in the third paragraph, it mentions that the cloud moves and it rises to what, at which point she starts to see the lights within the cloud. And let's be honest, if you're a UFO enthusiast or you know, if you're inclined to, to go with UAP like we would be, you could look at this cloud and interpret that to be some sort of saucer-shaped object with lights going round the outside. Um, um, is that unfair to say? No, not at all. Um, and, and we literally saw a similar thing being demonstrated with drones during uh, Unidentified, right? When they used the drones to kind of fill out the, or imply the negative space was filled with something and it yeah. would look like a disc or a ball. And it's the same thing uh, is, is going on here for sure. So at or that point, be, we've got lights in a cloud, cloud potentially moves and some some white little balls of light floating about as well, which make a kind of weird noise. However, some of the more intriguing parts of this article that then take it beyond your standard UFO story, that there was some sort of milky substance left over all around the house and the area, um, which the, the, the woman in question collected samples of that. Uh, and there were some other um, crystallized physical matter left over as well which again is in the hands of, of Jacques Villiers, I believe. Is that right, Dan? Yeah, that's right. Um, so he took samples. Um, you can see in the article the, the picture on the, of the red shutter uh, with a kind of milky substance on it. Um, and it, yeah, that's, that's being analysed by Jacques Vallée and Gary Nolan. And Gary Nolan, um, yeah. And Jacques Vallée says in the article um, that he needs really another site visit Um but it, it takes it up a notch having them involved at all. Um, they're two pretty big names in the field. Um, Especially with their appearance Vallée and the phenomenon. His... Yeah, exactly. Um, and Jack Vallée really knows knows his, I might regret saying this, but knows his light shows from his, uh, from his UFOs. Um, oh, I only say that just because a lot of people think this is a, a light show. Um, and I'm, I'm inclined to agree. You know, it looks very similar. But the details that you've specified there maybe suggest something else is going on at the same time um and there is a weirdness about it that is is beyond the abilities of a, a light show you know well, well listen that that's a good point time to mention that and some of you on twitter got in touch with me i'm zachary graham you quite rightly you tagged uh, signal on this as well is it possible the light show in the area is what drew it in did you did you read up much on this light show dan um not an awful lot um just because I mean, on the surface, I, I've seen light shows happen near me. And yeah, I, I can believe some of those uh, orb-looking things on the horizon, on the cloud, would be a light show. It's yeah, possible. And, and something I immediately thought, in the initial seconds, I watched the video and go, wow, that looks like some sort of, again, saucer-type craft. And it's just the lights going around a kind of physical object, potentially. Um, Bitcoin Moons got in touch, and they said they thought it was potentially atmospheric. Um, the lights look like they could be car lights reflected off the atmosphere. And that is something that I kind of thought of straight away as well. We've had quite a lot of foggy, freezing fog weather here in the last few days. And again, if it's really thick fog in the distance, and you know what it's like if you're in a kind of a rural area or just depending on the way things are laid out, that the light can reflect off the fog in different ways. And is there some sort of motorway or expressway, people going to work early morning, driving along, and it's just at that angle, the lights going round look a bit crazy because it does look other otherworldly, let's just put it that way. But I'm not jumping to that conclusion at the moment. I, I don't think you are either, Dan, to be honest, for the sounds of it. 
No, not at all. Um, you, you know, like with a lot of these things, it you kind of have to hold it in a space of maybe uh, whilst digging in around the details and just trying to find out more stuff about it. Um, there's not necessarily enough here to throw this one under the bus and there's not enough here to say it definitely extraterrestrial so we just have to kind of put it in our gray basket and just and wait for some more news i guess a few other people thought the same um steve uh, had one word underwhelming and i did respond that it was going to sound sarcastic because it's hard to type context properly and, and i said i was genuinely curious what were they expecting they said to be honest i wasn't expecting much convinced ufos are real this case doesn't add much to the disclosure effort and do you know what right now on the face of it no but for me, what gives this case the the weight that I would look forward to hearing more is the fact Jacques Vallée has been involved. And Jacques Vallée himself came out and said as much when he was asked to comment on it. The reason he doesn't like to comment on these is because it's still being studied. And while they are waiting on things like peer reviews, while they're waiting on sample analysis, they're studying the isotopes to find out are the isotopes contained within the samples they've got, the chemical makeup, is it from here or is it not from here which would help them a whole lot more before he comes out so i can totally appreciate him not coming out and giving his opinion because this could turn out to be nothing or it could turn out Absolutely. to be something and and that's what jack valet is saying as well yeah exactly i i remember when valet was on the rogan show and rogan was pushing him for an answer about uh you know these materials with their isotopes and he just you know to some he seemed evasive but anyone that's read his work knows that he's just not willing to make the statement unless he has the stuff that can back it up definitively. Um, a few other comments on it. I'll finish off with my favourite one, though. Um, uh, the couple before that, though, Derek got in touch saying, same old, same old, but you'd, you'd expect better pictures in the 21st century. Again, I will go back to my uh, Goodyear blimp over the New York Jets game. Everyone was on the highway evening time, filming taking pictures and it still looked like a ufo when it was a blimp um UFO, i would say that was whoa. the 20th century as well because uh, it was 95 oh no the, the goodyear blimp one was that the, the one from a couple of months ago i'm talking about oh no sorry i meant the, this one oh sorry oh, uh, 2015 my bad ignore me yeah ignore ignore dan i'm not going to cut, cut that out that, no cut that dan, out. dan's made a mistake people <laughs> note, note, note the date and time down 2021 over again <laughs> is judy trudy the greatest <laughs> name that never existed um if you are called judy please get in touch um ufoi said they were underwhelmed seen very similar and it was lighting fairground type lighting shining on the underside of the clouds totally fair um this was taken early morning apparently so i would doubt it would be that unless it was lighting being tested that had just arrived which doesn't seem to have been the case um Mark and Graham, two of two of the listeners to the show who get in touch regularly, um, had a little bit of a back and forward in a very friendly way, which was nice to see because you can debate and disagree with people at the same time, learning from each other and getting on and sharing opinion. Absolutely. Um, Graham it said he didn't make the world go round. Absolutely. Um, and Graham had my favourite comment, but before I get to that, he'd said he doesn't uh, get the criticism being thrown at Tim in the debrief about it. Sounds like there's some spoiled kids out there expecting miracles all the time. Uh, Mark respectively disagreed and said the debrief built their part up. And to be fair, there may still be some good things to come. He doesn't feel this is it. I don't feel the debrief built this up in any other way other than tomorrow there is an article coming up that if you have an interest in UAP, then you would have an interest in this article, which I don't think is unfair. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, you know, they didn't tease it months out or anything like that. Nope. Um, it was just 
within 24 hours. And I'm fairly sure, I remember seeing some comments on Twitter the last time um, where people were saying, no, within 24 hours is reasonable. And they did that this time. So, And, <laughs> and I would ask, and please people get in touch if you, if you disagree or agree with this. If someone came to you today, forget Twitter, if they physically came to you face to face and said, would you like to see a video of a, a, a potential UFO case in the last five years, um, a two minute long video that potentially has some trace evidence, some ci- scientists from Silicon Valley are interested, Jacques Vallée and Gary, Gary Nolan have samples. Would you say yes? Of, of course you would. You'd be intrigued. I'm not saying you have to be blown away once you've heard about it, but you would still want to know. And I think this is what the debrief is going to give us. Lots of these stories, hopefully, that again makes us think. And this is this leads me on to Graham's point. Graham put, and this is something I've went back to in some of more recent shows as well. Granted, on the surface, it's not a picture of a triangle emerging from Lake Lucerne but it's still a mystery. Don't UFO and UAP people thrive on a good mystery? At the heart of this, almost all of us got involved in this subject from a young age due to some sort of experience that we can't explain or couldn't explain. And I still quite enjoy the unknown because we don't know. This could be cars reflecting off the clouds, but we can't prove that. It could be some sort of ET spaceship that's materialized within some sort of cloud. We don't know. It could. It's more than likely not going to be that. However, we've got some science involved. We've got a serious article. It's not from the US. It's not from South America. It's from Europe. So let's just see where it goes. But I, for one, would welcome this sort of article in the future and more of them. What about yourself, Dan? Yeah, me too. Um, I I really like the aspect of. Um, I remember seeing Jack Valet's. You know, all of his containers in in the phenomenon and thinking i wonder where they're all from i'd love to get a look at some of those samples um and here we are we're getting a a look at another sample that they're studying and it's really cool to know a bit of backstory about the the things that they've uh jacques has collected over the years and he's putting time and effort into getting us answers he doesn't know us anything he's doing it all out of his own pocket it's great you're right he doesn't seem the type you. of guy, yeah. he, he's not carrying around samples just for, from anything that, oh, someone's picked up a rock from the desert. This might be from a UFO. He's a serious guy who puts in time to this and he is looking at this for a reason. So let's just let's just see where it goes. Um, and that is Jacques Vallée who carried about samples of UAPs potentially, uh, like they were a baby and the phenomenon, which I loved. <laughs> he, he cradled those. Um, he, what, he would be the first person to tell us if this was nothing. So I, yeah. I trust it in his hand. You know, I prefer it in his hands than some random other person. And to be fair, he's not teasing anything. He's just saying, look, let's wait. The story's yeah. broke. The story's got out there. Let's see where it goes, folks. And let's see. But it's a good way to start off 2021. 2020, however, left us with a, a very late UFO case late in the year. Um, in Hawaii, uh, and there's no pronunciations for me to make here, folks, so don't worry. Um, a blue object was filmed flying in the skies Uh December 29th, which prompted 911 calls. Um, the Federal Aviation Authorities were involved. They had to take calls from people and basically look into an object that had then crashed into the sea, apparently. Now, the video online, it's, it's I suppose, your standard UFO video, potentially some maybe triangle-looking blue lights in the sky flying along, no real sound to it. Um, you can't make much out. It's definitely not a, a plane. It's not a commuter plane. You can, you can tell that much. It could be some sort of big drone. I'm not sure. However, this object flies along and then multiple witnesses have reported it then crashed into the sea. 
more and more we keep hearing, especially in 2020, uh, Lou Elizondo himself talks about it a lot, how these objects seem to be in and around the sea, whether they start there, originate from there, whether they can hide in the sea. It's that whole transmedium travel um, aspect of the phenomenon. However, yeah, object flies in the sky, crashes into the sea in Hawaii. What did you make of this one, Dan? Um, I really like this one. Um, it, it was a little strange for me because I... Uh... A few years back, I almost went and made a documentary in Hawaii <clears throat> about the uh, the missile alerts, the false bullet yeah. missile alerts. Um, and it really fascinated me. And I, I kind of just spent so long reading stories of how people spent those 38 minutes where they thought that their world was going to end. Um, and some of the stories were really funny. Like, for example, one, one guy, uh, as soon as he saw the text, started thinking, we need water. So he started piling like getting every container he could find and just piling them on his driveway. And then when the text come through saying, no, it's all fine. Um, basically he had to take a day off work because he'd stacked so much water up that he had to spend the day clearing them. <laughs> so while everyone else is relieved, he's just looking at this wall of water that you've built, uh, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but then you also have some really like touching stories where strangers in an office building, the last two left and no family was there, chose to go on a roof and hold the hands and watch the end come. Um, so it was, it was really like, you know, almost profound kind of 38 minutes for a lot of people. And I thought it would make a cool documentary. So this particular day where I found the UFO story, um, a someone else basically went and made the same documentary that I wanted to make and a trailer popped up for me. Um, so I kind of just clicked onto the trailer and just threw in my face this UFO story that I never would have found without that little, uh, that little link, which I thought was quite cool. Um, so yeah, I was presented this with the title this is not a drill in the ufo story just underneath it um and i went back onto that forum where i spent time years ago talking to people about their stories um and i actually managed to find another witness who told me his story um about what he saw um now there are some words in here that i'm gonna have trouble saying because they're you know <laughs> uh spoiler alert i will not edit any of these out so give it your best <laughs> shot i'll try and say it all without saying them um, so this witness said, uh, is anyone else seeing this? A long, thin band of blue light hovering in the sky to the northwest, about 60 degrees up. Myself and five to six other people were all looking at it uh, from Nanakuli facing kind of points. Uh, never seen anything like it. Um, someone suggested it was Starlink, which we know Starlink isn't yes. a thin blue, blue band of light. So I jumped in and kind of corrected it and just asked the guy to elaborate on what he saw. Um, and he said that his phone was dead, so he didn't get any footage, uh, but it looked to be moving in a really steady straight line uh, towards uh, kind of point until it went by and some trees and buildings went out of his sight. He said it was like a giant glow stick in the sky. Um, so I responded back to him and done a bit of reading around and seen a few suggestions that people made about it could be a drone, it could be a hang glider, it could be all this. And I just put those questions to this guy and said, hey, you know, <laughs> is it these things? Um, and he called them all very, very creative ideas, but he said it was a lot bigger. It was just a giant blue cigar, which I thought was really interesting because we, we all know that the cigars are, the sightings of cigars go back decades yeah. and decades and decades. That's one of your 1940s, 1950s UFO shapes, yeah. one of the staple shapes, yeah. So, not, not my personal yeah, favorite I, I UFO either. I, I quite like the classic saucer. I'm not a fan of the 
not the sports models as Bob Lazar would call it, but you know the really old forties <laughs> and fifties ones that people still haven't, let's say, debunked the photos, but they look like, like the Billy Mayer ones. Yeah, where you think that does look like a hubcap's been uh, thrown up. Yeah. In, like I know what you mean. <laughs> someone someone's made that and thrown it in front of the camera. Um but yeah, so that that's one we'll keep an eye on. Might not be much more comes out about it, but it's pretty cool way to end the year with a sighting and then start the year with a case from just a few years ago as well. Uh, one more thing yeah. I'd like to oh, go on, Dan. Um, I was just gonna say it for me it kind of exemplifies a lot of sightings where we'll probably never know. But we know there's a lot oh sorry, a bit there that doesn't kind of say either way what it was. It was just a strange big blue cigar glowing in the sky. Um, but I'll always say that going and talking to people and getting more information does tend to allow you to cross off certain possibilities. So I know not to assume that was a hang glider. It's my, my maybe folder. But it might be a hand glider. We don't know. But it doesn't sound like <laughs> eyewitnesses. No. Uh, but again, folks, yep, go check out the video of that one on there. Any search of Hawaii UFO from December 29th will bring it up. Uh, and the last one I just wanted to touch on, um, hopefully a future guest on the podcast, I've been in touch, um, Leslie Keen. Uh, Leslie Keen, famously with Ralph Blumenthal, uh, wrote the New York Times article that came out last year uh, that Project Unity had a, an interview with them. Uh, Jay, back in, I think it was July now. It doesn't seem that long ago, to be honest, but what a year it was. Um, I was just about to say, it feels... Like not that long ago, but at the same time, a long, long time yeah. ago. <laughs> it's it's funny how the days go by in quarantines, lockdowns, and tier systems, folks. Yeah. People listening back to this, hopefully in years to come, listen back and go, "Wow, that really was a bit of a weird time." Um, hopefully we're not one that lasted too much longer. But yeah, Leslie Keen has a new documentary out now. Something she's written a lot about UFOs, and that's where many people listening to this will know her from. But she has a vested interest in the paranormal and um after after death um you know near-death experiences the afterlife and she has a documentary series on netflix called surviving death now i've not watched it yet uh, dan you have however just finished it today folks dan was watching this anyway but made made a point of finishing it today so he could give you some of his thoughts uh dan try and keep it non-spoilery for people i've not watched it myself yet either but what were your thoughts on this and is there any relation to i suppose i would ask maybe the consciousness aspect of things when we talk about UAPs. So I preface it by saying that I haven't read the book Surviving Death. So I went into this series knowing that Leslie had done the research, written this great book, um, and you know I knew nothing about it. So my my idea was that it was just going to be a show full of crazy stories about reincarnations, um, and I was wrong in an excellent, excellent, best kind of way um, because what the show does is it talks about these things, but it has scientists along for the ride talking about them in without kind of stigma attached and actually trying to discuss what's happened to people. It doesn't just do reincarnation. It does, uh, it talks about mediums. Two parts of the show uh, is about mediumship um, and they do a seance and they have some like, uh, not live, but you know, they recorded during a seance where certain people have said that they won't let anyone record them do it. Um, there's some really nice presentations in there about things like ectoplasm, um, which a lot of people will probably know from Ghostbusters, but a lot of people also probably don't know that it's actually something that mediums secrete from their bodies when they're doing their thing. Um, yeah, and they have scientists kind of look at things like that. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but 
it was a, a surprising approach to a really intriguing subject that the West kind of has trouble talking about without any stigma attached to it. Similar to the UFO conversation, you know, we, we need to be able to talk about these things to figure them out. And there do seem to be connections between consciousness and death and whether we go on after death. Um, so like I say, we can't figure out if we can't talk about these things. So it's very cool to see it on Netflix where a lot more people can come into the conversation because I, I think a lot of people have stories like this. As so you're saying it's definitely worth a watch. Is it yes. one you would binge in one go or do you reckon, because you said there were emotional parts to it as well, um, some hard-hitting parts, and that's something I've seen it, it people reviewing online. It that way. Um, yeah, it, it was once or twice um, I had to kind of stop it because there, there are people that go on journeys in the episodes that are really it just it really struck a chord with me uh, some some of the stories um and i found myself getting really emotionally tied up in it so yeah maybe spread out a bit but the first three episodes i think you could you could uh, rinse through split the season into two halves maybe awesome dan thank you very much for joining me on the show and we'll be back recording again in the coming days for the room 101 listener special remember folks keep an eye on the compilation show coming out as well for those quick fire rounds head over to patreon.com and look at the five dollar pledge level in january to get one of your logo t-shirts for the pod Roundtable number three with Sean Cahill, Jeremy McGowan and Dan will be available in a couple of weeks time once it's been recorded and i'm really looking forward to that then of course avi loeb and then Louise Elizondo interviews coming up too, folks. So get in touch with the show at UFO UAP AM on Twitter, that UFO podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And of course, email UFO UAP AM at gmail.com. Once again, Dan, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Uh, what, what a cool way to start the year with uh, Lou Elizondo capping out January for you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and of course, check out Dan's Redbubble store as well, folks, for some cool Lou and other Zignol-esque merchandise. Once again, thank you very much for listening and you'll hear from us soon. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO UAP AM. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer. A little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Folk. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little Imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like, you awake? I was about to abduct you, cuz.
jumped back and nearly kissed myself. Then I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head. And everything was weird and everything was red. I called up my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And they think I should take care of me. And I don't know what it is because it doesn't really scare me.